0: That is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boati as Christ is magnified in you. Praise God. It's been a year and we are so grateful to God. And we are happy to come back. Hallelujah. And to see all your lovely faces. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. We've been anticipating coming and we have come. It's good to see all of you. Hallelujah. to see all of you. And uh, we know that this uh, today and tomorrow will be... We have come with, with the fullness of the blessing of the Gospel of Christ. So, you'll be transformed from glory to glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Good to see all of you. So, are you ready for God's word? Hallelujah. 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 Shall we pray? Oh, thank you, Jesus. What an honor you've lavished on us. What a privilege. Wonderful, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Your word, thank you. Thank you for the Holy Spirit, the spirit of wisdom and revelation that is all over this place. Oh thank you. Oh thank you. Oh thank you. We will never be the same. Thank you. Moro Kal Andasish Mar Shambra Zush Mamama Mamama mamama. Dal in the Lar Sish Makta Takta Shiksha Tekta Kakta Sikta Tekta Dobakta Fafara Kakta Sande Mil Ar Bazuj Bababa Kaka Tata Rabakala Sande. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you for your manifest presence. Thank you, Holy Spirit brooding over us one more time. You have done it. Thank you. Thank you. To Him alone be all glory, praise and honor forever. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to speak to you on the subject Faith Sees What God Sees. (laughs) Yeah. Faith Sees What God Sees. Yeah. Faith sees what God sees. Hallelujah. Faith sees what God sees. Hallelujah. Yeah. You see, in the Old Testament, God required obedience to the law, the law required that they obey. God required obedience to the law. But in the New Testament, what God requires is faith. God requires faith. In the Old Testament, it was obedience to the law, and that you had to earn and merit by obedience to the law. But in the New Testament, What God requires the most is faith. Hallelujah. Yeah. So in the Old Testament, it's the language of obedience, but in the New, faith. Say faith. Faith. Yeah. What God requires in the New Testament is faith. Very important. In fact, in the New Testament, when you are in faith, God sees it as obedience. God sees it as as obedience. What God requires in the New Testament is faith. Hallelujah. Faith. When you are in faith, God sees you obedient. When you are in faith, God sees you obedient. That is why, when we believed in Jesus, we are brought to a certain place called obedience. First Peter 1 verse 2. First Peter one verse two. Elect, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through the sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience. Hallelujah. Elect to the according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience, and the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. We are brought to obedience. Now look at verse 14 of the same chapter. Verse 14. As obedient children. Now, when you are in the faith, he calls you an obedient child. Hallelujah. So he says, as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance. Say, I'm an obedient child. child. So when you are in faith, he sees you obedient. As obedient children. But you see, in the New Testament, actually, I said that when you are in faith, God sees you obedient. And all our obedience is actually to the faith. Our obedience is concerning the faith. So when you are in faith, God sees you obedient. Romans 1 verse 5. Look at what it says. "...by whom we have received grace and apostleship, for obedience to the faith, among all nations for his name." Thus Paul speaking, we have received grace and apostleship, for obedience to the faith, say obedience to the faith. Obedience to the faith. It's the faith. "...among all nations for his name." Now look at Romans 16 verse 26. "...but now it's made manifest by the scriptures of the prophet, according to the commandments of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. Praise God. He calls our faith obedience. For the obedience of what? Of faith. Obedience of faith. Act 6, verse 7, are you following? Act 6, verse 7, and the word of God increased and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. And a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. A great number of what? The priests were obedient to the faith. Romans 10, verse 15 and 16. They were obedient to the faith. How shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace, that bring glad tidings of good things. Now look at what Paul is saying. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. He quoted Isaiah 53 verse 1. For Isaiah saith, Lord who has believed, i report. Do you understand? But they have not all obeyed the gospel. So now he's explaining what obe- obedience to the gospel is. Now he's explaining what obeying the gospel is. What is obeying the gospel? For Isaiah said, Lord who has believed, i report. The gospel is called report. Then he he supplanted belief with obey. Hallelujah! How do you believe the, How do you obey the gospel? By believing it. You believe it, you have obeyed it. Are, are you with me? So faith is very important. Yeah, to walk in obedience in the New Testament, what God requires is walking in faith. That is why the Bible says. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone that believeth to the Jew first and to the Gentiles. Verse 17 of Romans 1 For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written. The just shall live by faith. He didn't say the just lives by obedience. The just lives by faith. Because in faith, in faith is obedience. Like Galatians 2.20 I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless I live, yet not I. But Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh. How do I live? I live by the faith of the Son of God. It's faith. I now live by faith. That's acceptable way to live in the New Testament. Remember in Romans eleven verse, sorry, Hebrews eleven verse six and without faith it is impossible to please God. It's faith. In the old, it was obedience, but in the new, it's faith. That is why, under the Old Testament, for someone to be healed, even healing required obedience. Exodus 15, verse 26, 27. Look at what it says. And he and said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God and wilt do that which is right in his. And will give you the commandment and keep all his statutes. That's obedience. I will put none of these diseases upon you which I have brought upon the Egyptians. For I am the Lord that healed thee. So, for you to walk work, work in health, you have to keep all the statutes. It came by obedience. For you to be healed and healthy, it's obedience. That's the old. But amazingly, in the New Testament, look at those who were healed. Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. In Mark, 10, Mark 5.34, he said to the woman with the issue of blood, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. The Greek says, go into peace. He didn't say your obedience has made you whole. Because if it required obedience to the law, she couldn't have been healed. In the first place, she was, uh, she was having an issue of blood. And with her case, according to the law of Moses, she couldn't go public. Number one. Number two, she couldn't touch anyone. So you can just imagine, if she was married, her children had not touched her for a long time. Her husband had not touched her for 12 years. Yeah. And uh, she couldn't go public to touch anyone. But she broke all the laws. She went public and she touched people through the multitude to touch Jesus. So according to the law, she should have been stoned. But she was healed, and Jesus turned to her and said, "Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Faith." So in the new faith is required; in the old, it was obedience. The same with blind Bartimaeus. In Mark ten fifty two, he says, "Your faith has made you whole." It was faith. Have you realized that five times Jesus said? especially to his disciples, he said, O ye of little faith. O ye of little faith is mentioned five times in the Gospels. O ye of little faith. Five times. When he reprimanded his disciples, they were reprimanded for not having, using their faith. So he said, O ye of little. He never said, O ye of little obedience. He didn't even say, O ye of little prayer. Oh, ye of little fasting. He didn't even say, say Oh, ye of little holiness. Oh, ye of little giving. Oh, ye of little faith. Very important. <laughs> because in faith, when you are in faith, you are in obedience. So, Oh, ye of little faith. That was what he required. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yeah, that was what Jesus required. What was the reason? What was the reason? Why? Why? You see, all of our faith has to do with what Jesus did. You see, faith anchors to what has been done. Jesus, what Jesus did in His death. Faith hold on to His finished work. In the Old Testament, obedience is your, your, you struggling and you your effort and yourself. To obey God. But it has changed. It has changed. But you see, man, the flesh, always wants to do something. Because there's pride in the flesh. You want to do something and boast and know you have accomplished it. Uh-huh. So when you read John 6, from verse 27, Jesus, you know, he fed the 5,000. They came back and Jesus said, labor not for the meat that perisheth." Uh, for the meat that endureth to everlasting life, which the Son of God shall give unto you, for him has God the Father sealed. Now, in verse 20, 28, those Jesus fed, look at what Jesus look at what they said to Jesus. Those Jesus fed with five loaves of bread. Yes, those who ate the food. Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? So, no, we want to do something. We want to do something. So, they wanted some wild answer from Jesus. But look at, look at Jesus' answer. Jesus answered and said unto, said unto them, This is the work of God that ye believe. So I want to do Jesus said it's done. So you see, the work of God is belief. Believe means that the work is done. Just accept it and receive it. So it's faith for what has been done. But man wants to do it himself. But he says, just believe. It's faith. Praise God. Now after this meeting, my goal is that to make you see what God sees. Yeah. And uh, faith sees what God sees. Praise God. And when you are in faith, you are in obedience. And, and we live by faith. The righteous, we live by faith. Praise God. Now, what is faith? Hebrews 11, verse 1. What is Faith. Now, Hebrews 11 1 says that now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, faith is the substance. Now, the Greek, the Greek actually says now faith is the substantiation. You see, faith is the substantiation, or I can put it this way faith is that which gives substance. Faith is that which gives substance. It is the substantiation of that which gives substance. Let me give an example. All right. Woman of God. Let me use as an example. Okay, what color is this? What is she wearing? What color is this? Okay. Some say yellow, some say gold. This is this is bishop level. Okay, let's say yellow, gold. Alright. Okay. Um let's take it that you have a friend who was born blind. He was born blind. Then you see this woman of God and you go like Oh, this yellow colour is nice. This yellow shirt is so nice, this yellow dress is nice. Then your blind friend asks you, what is yellow? How will you explain yellow and describe to your blind friend? What will you say? How will you describe it? I don't know how. Yeah, yeah. In fact, he has been, the person is born blind. You can never explain yellow. I- I'm telling you, what you can say is yellow is yellow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you can only say yellow is yellow. Okay, what color is this? Pink, right? Then you go like, oh, this is my pink shirt. It's nice. Then your blind friend asks you, what is pink? <laughs> because the person has never seen. So how will you describe pink? You can't. What you can say is that pink is pink. <laughs> pink is pink. You, you can't praise God. Now let me ask a question: Does this yellow exist? Does this pink exist? All right. But your friend, who is blind, cannot see the pink. Cannot see the gold. Why? He doesn't have the organ which is the eye he doesn't have the organ of the eye of sight he doesn't have the organ to give substance to this color he doesn't have the organ to give substance to pink the pink exists the gold exists but to him the pink is dead the gold is dead because there is no organ that can substantiate the color you need an organ to give substance To receive, to see the color. The organ is not there. That organ is not there. Praise God. Alright, do we have organ piano here? Touch it and let me see. How many of you can hear the sound? (laughs) Assuming you have a friend who is deaf to play again and you go like oh you are enjoying the sound but he's deaf so whilst you're nodding your head can he nod his head? why thank you very much he doesn't have the organ to give substance to the sound so while the organ is alive to you to him the sound is dead because there's no organ to give substance to the sound So to him, there is no organ. But to you, there is, because you have that, you know, you have that human organ to give substance to the sound. Thank you very much. Thank you, one of God. So now, faith is that which gives substance. Brethren, the eyes of the unbeliever is blind. The ears of the unbeliever is deaf. When we are born again our spirit is born. Praise God. We have within us that divine organ that can see spiritual realities. That can see and give substance to that which is in the realm of the spirit. Which the natural eyes cannot see and the natural ears cannot hear. But to us we are alive to it because we see it. Because it's in the realm of faith and we have the organ to substantiate what is in the spirit realm. So to us those things are real. But to the unbelieving eye and the unbelieving ear, those things are dead. They don't exist they live by their senses and by their flesh, and they cannot see what we see. Because faith sees what God sees. Faith sees reality. Now, God sees reality. God sees what no man can see. God sees reality. And what God sees is what faith can see. Because faith gives this substance to unseen realities. Are you here with me? Yeah. So we can talk and say certain things with the ordinary man. To him, it is foolishness to him. It is foolishness because to him it doesn't exist. What are you talking about? Oh, this is so bullshit. This is nothing. But to us it is real. Because we can give substance to these realities. We can fellowship with him. We can talk it. We can live it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That is why the mature man received not things of the Spirit of God. They are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually designed. We have that spiritual organ to design the things only God can see. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Faith sees what God can see, sees what God sees. Now, what, what does God see? What really does God see? First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. First Corinthians chapter two, verse one and two. Now Paul says, "And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech and of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God." The next verse: "For I determined to not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified." Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Now back to verse one. Now, he calls something the testimony of God. Now, the testimony of God is Jesus Christ and His work. God's testimony is Christ, actually. But the word testimony is the Greek word maturion. Maturion is the same word as witness. But maturion in the Greek describes a witness in a court of law. You enter the court and there is a witness. And a witness testifies to is a witness to testify to what he saw Yeah, I was there, I saw it That's the word maturium In a court of law, I was there I'm a witness, I saw it happen I was at accident scene, I saw it So it deals with being a witness To what you have seen The same word is used In Acts 26 Verse 16 When the Lord appeared to Paul and look at what Jesus told Paul But rise and stand upon thy feet For I have appeared unto thee for this purpose To make thee a minister and a witness That's the word maturion Both of these things Which thou hast seen Yeah It is what you have seen You are a witness to what you have seen How many of you have been a witness in the court before? You are a witness to what you have seen Alright Now Apostle Paul says that I, 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 I came declaring to you the testimony of God. Yeah. And uh, I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him, him crucified. Yeah. Now, God's testimony, you know His testimony, you know God's witness. When Jesus died on the cross, God was a witness to what happened at Calvary. Jesus and Him crucified. The father saw his son die, and saw the accomplished work on the cross, and saw the eternal, the vastness of his accomplished work, and whatever was accomplished. When his son said it was finished, the depth, the height, the riches, the scope, the vastness, the father saw. The father testifies. He saw what happened. On that day when his son died. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The father is a witness because he saw it. Praise God. Hallelujah. The father, all that we enjoy today was as a result of what happened on Calvary. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What happened at that day on the cross is eternal, it's, t- it's timeless. It's vast. The Father saw it. The Father saw it. Faith sees what the Father sees. Faith sees what the Father sees. Now the day we begin to see what the Father sees, that's it. You're on top. You're on top. Let me give an example. Now, Assuming you, are, you, you wake up in the morning from bed, uh, you, you, when you woke up, you had back ache, you, you could feel the pain, it was troubling you, it, it, dist- how many of you have had that before? Uh-huh. Either back ache, or headache, or stomach ache, or leg ache, or arm ache, <laughs> arm ache, ache. and you could testify that this is painful. You wake up and your day is—I mean, bizarre. You, you, you don't feel well. You are in pain. You wonder what has happened to you, and uh, you can't help it. You, you, you are troubled. You know. Now, let me show you something. So you woke up and that's what you are doing. Ah, what is this? And ah, ah. 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 And people go like some people go like, oh, my enemy so. <laughs> now, listen. Although you feel yourself in pain, you can see you are in pain. Do you know that God does not see that you are in pain? Do you know that God does not see that you are in pain? He doesn't see any of that. <laughs> because God sees the reality. You know what God sees? On the cross. You know what he witnesses to? He saw his son. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him smitten, stricken of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we were healed. Then it is repeated in Matthew 8, verse 17 himself that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet desires took our infirmity and bare our sicknesses now the word bare our sicknesses in greek is removed our sicknesses it's the word for remove and removed our sicknesses so according to God's eyes He saw His Son remove all your pains, all your disease, all your sickness. He saw it gone, judicially, once and for all, it's gone. So God's eye sees reality. Because what Jesus took on the cross and what He bore was not a fast. It wasn't a mirage. It wasn't wasn't a delusion. It was the reality of realities. It is eternal substance. When Jesus removed your sickness, it was removed. So though you are complaining, the Father doesn't see you in it. Now, so what do you do in the morning? What do you do? (laughs) You have to see what the Father is saying. And act like it. And act like it. Jesus will see a man with a withered hand. He will say, Stretch your hands. Because he doesn't see his hands with it. He sees his hand complete. So Jesus says, act like it. Jesus will see a cripple and she take your bed and walk. He addresses him not as a cripple. He doesn't see, act like it. As I mean, you are in your house and you hear a knock on your door. And you go out to the gate. And you see this strange man holding a bag of snakes. Rattlesnakes. Wild the poisonous ones and tells you that someone delivered someone someone actually is a parcel for you then he brings a book and says sign it then it will be yours now when actually will you sign it say no say this one not me back to the sender you know this one not me the moment you sign it it means you've approved and accepted it when you wake up and you are feeling those pains and those aches don't sign it because it is not yours you know how how you sign it oh this pen has come again this pen will kill me one day Oh, <laughs> oh it has come i said it it has happened you have signed to it that is yours You are now living by the testimony of the senses, not the testimony of, testimony of God. You are not seeing what God sees. Now, I heard a testimony by Pastor Chris some years ago. He, now he said it was his healing. What's the name? Healing school. There was this guy standing before him, and he was going to pray for him, but the guy had cancer. He, he was suffering from cancer wild cancer so as he stood before the guy he prayed for the guy Pastor Chris said the Lord opened his eyes then he saw that the guy had, was, had no cancer there wasn't a single trace of cancer the guy was complete and perfect but in the natural there was cancer yet he saw him his eyes were opened and he saw the guy was without cancer like the guy was perfect in health complete no trace, nothing but in the physical he had cancer Pastor Chris said the Holy Spirit said unto him, If he can only see what you see, if he can only see what you see, he will walk out free. If he can only see what you see, why? Because that is what God sees. That is the reality. You see, when you are in the flesh, you, see, you behave like the unbeliever, as if it doesn't exist. But we see to the unseen realm. Because we have the organ that gives substance to what is in the realm of this, what has been accomplished already. We see into unseen realities. We see as the Father sees. According to the Father, there is no cancer. Faith sees what the Father sees. And God said to Pastor, Pastor, Pastor Craig, if He can only see what you see. I don't know what you are suffering from, but if He can only see what faith can see, if He can only see, it's not there. He removed it. It cannot be in two places. He removed it. If you can see. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say, I can see, I can see. If you can see. If you can see. <laughs> it's all about what you see. Faith is that which gives substance. Substance. The father doesn't see that pain. To the father, his son took it. What do you also see? Do you see as the father sees? Or do you see by the testimony of your senses? What do you see? We are not natural men. What do you see? But you know how some Christians behave? When they are in pain, and when they are feeling all manner of diseases and sicknesses and all of that, they go like, hmm, <sighs> I'm hoping that one day, one of these is God will see my faithfulness and heal me. Someone also says that, oh, I'm hoping that God will see how committed I am to reading the Bible and heal me. Another person says that, oh, I'm hoping that God will see how committed I am to church services and heal me. Another person says, look, the way I've started working in church, God will see the way I've been sweeping and cleaning the church and heal me. Yeah. I even won three souls last month. God will see what I'm doing and the hard work and heal me. And all these are wonderful things which we are commanded to do. Instructed to do. God will see all these things. Look at the way I've been doing. God should look on my giving, God should look on my praying. God should should just something and heal me. You are under the law. You are working by the principle of the law. You are working under the under the principle of the law. I'm telling you. You know what you are saying? You are saying that, that, that it's very slim. You are saying that God should bless you based on what you are doing. Now, you have placed yourself to a place where you are saying that you are ready to end your blessing, ready to merit your blessing, ready to deserve your blessing based on the good things you are doing. It is the principle of the law. It's a principle. Now, that's what the Bible calls falling from grace. You are saying that God should bless you, bless you, not based on what Jesus has done, but based on what you are doing. You can earn it. You can merit it. Hallelujah. You know what happens? When you live like that, you come under a curse. Galatians 3, verse 10. You, you, you must be Jesus conscious, even if you are doing well. It's still not you. For as many as are, of the works of the law are under a case. Now he was speaking to the Galatians who were Gentiles. They were never Jews. And the word as many as are in the Greek is in the present tense. That means that although the law had been abolished, it was possible for them to come under the principle of the law. Because he was not speaking to Jews, he was speaking to Gentiles. Who had come to the faith. Hallelujah. Then he says as many as are, present tense. So it was pos- possible for them to be of the works of the law. The under case. Now, he never said as many as break the law. No, he said as many as are ah, off. It is taking the position of the law. It's not by breaking the law. It's taking the position of the law that God is, must bless me based on the things I'm doing. Now, you know what the Bible calls it. The word is toy k'ayon. Galatians four. Let's read verse nine. Verse 9. But now, after that ye have known God, or rather are known of God, how tend ye again to weak and beggarly elements? Now, he calls the law elements. Now, the Greek word is stoichion. How tend ye to weak and beggarly elements? Stoichion. Now, stoichion is the whole system of merit. The whole system of merit. The system of merit is good. do good, get good, do bad, get bad. It's called a system of merit. That means that is God blessing me based on what Jesus did, or God is blessing me, bless me based on what I do. My good works, I want to earn it. Is it believing and receiving, or it is earning and deserving? <laughs> so the word element is pikeyon. It's also used in Galatians. Yeah, yeah, In fact, when you start from verse one, Paul, I didn't want to go into all of this. Go to verse 1. Now I say that the as long as he's a child, differed nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all. But he's under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. Even so, we. Now he uses, check the pronouns, we, you, we, you. When he says we, he was talking about the, the Jews. Even so, we. When we were children, he was talking about the Jews in Mount Sinai, who were in bondage under the Stoicion. The element of this world, which is the law. The next verse: But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law. He's talking about the law. This verse is not really about Christian maturity. No, 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 no. 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 You have to start from chapter three. Under the law, the Israelites were servants and they were children, but under grace they came to full sonship. You no, know, his, his position, he's talking about position. Maturity is in 1 John, he spoke to the little children, he spoke to the young men, but that's not the idea here. Read it carefully from chapter 3 and use it in context. To redeem them that were under the law, he's talking about the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons and because ye now he's talking about to the Galatians <laughs> alright so now back to Galatians 4 verse 9 praise God yeah. Storchion is trying to end God's blessings by what you want to do it doesn't work it doesn't work you remember the, the elder brother of the prodigal son? I've served you all these years. You didn't give me a kid. So he was serving his father for a kid. And he got better. You don't do ministry to be blessed. You do ministry because you are blessed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Why are you turning again to weak and beggarly elements? Now, now he calls the law weak and beggarly. Now, listen. The word weak... Is the same word for sick. Healing of the sick. The sick. The same Greek word for weak. The word beggarly is the same word for poor. Poor. Poverty. (laughs) Poverty. Now, you know what he's saying? When you come under Stoicion, the result is sickness and poverty. When you come under Stoicion, the system of merit, okay, I will do good. I'll do these things, God. You know, I'm going to read the Bible, I'm going to do this I'm, I'm, so that God can bless me. Uh, you can even say I'm going to live well so that God can bless me. Now, I'm not saying that don't live well, you have to live well, but I'm going to live well so that so God, God can bless me. You have come, you want to end it, it is called stoikion, element, the system of merit. And when you get under the stoikion, you know what you receive? Weak and beggarly. The same word in Greek for poor, sickness and poverty. Yeah. When you come under the law, you're working sickness and poverty. Sickness and poverty. Uh, uh, you know, in, even in the Greek, there are two major words for poverty. One is penia, The other one is tokos. Penia is someone who is working and he's not getting enough money. But tokos is a, one who is homeless, who lives by begging. That, that's the word here. Yeah. You come under the law, you see that everything is going away. Yeah. Yeah. And those people are very proud and boastful because everything is made. Yeah. Praise God. Yeah. yeah. That's the You know, the Jews, look at Luke chapter 4. Let, let me show you something about the Jews. Look at verse 18. Luke for 18. Now, Jesus... And when he began his ministry, he entered the synagogue, and you know the story. He took the book of Isaiah and he read all of this. The next verse. And he closed the book and gave it again to the minister and sat down. The eyes of all of them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is scripture fulfilled in your years. Okay. And the Bible said that, And they all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious word that proceeded out of his mouth. He says, This is his hometown. And they said, Is this not Joseph's son? Is this not a, his hometown? People despised him. The next verse. The next verse. And he said, Verily I say unto you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. And now look at something Jesus said. They despised him. You know, they didn't receive his ministry. He said, But I tell you of the truth. Many widows were in Israel in the days of Elias, Elijah, when the heavens were shut up three years and six months, when great famine was throughout all the land. But unto none of them was Elias sent save unto Sarapta, a city of Sidon, unto a woman which was a widow. let you remember the story. When there was famine. Alright, the next verse. And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elijah the prophet, and none of them was claimed, saving Naaman the Syrian. Let's go. And all day in the synagogue, when they heard these things were filled with wrath, they were angry. And rose up and thrust him out of the city, and led him onto the brow of the hill whereon the their city was built, that they might cast him down headlong. Can you imagine? When he said those two things, they were angry. And they took him to stone him. You know why? Because he says, "Oh, many widows were in Israel in those days." In those days but Elijah was sent to none, but one to Zarephath. And uh, you know the story: he, the man was gathering sticks, and uh, for the last meal to, to die, to eat and die. That's what he said. But there was a miracle. Elijah said, "The cruse of oil will not fail, and a barrel of wheat will not waste." That was a miracle of wealth. Say wealth. Is that not so? Wealth. How about Naaman? In the entire Old Testament, no leper was cleansed. And Syria was an arch enemy of Israel, even unto this day. So, he was sent. Elijah was sent to. How do you call it? Naaman was sent to Elijah. Elijah. What was that miracle? Health. Now, Jesus spoke of the miracle of wealth and health to Gentiles the widow of Zarephath was a Gentile Neiman was a Gentile so what Jesus said that they were angry because they had a national pride you know why? he says they received health and wealth and they never deserved it because they were Gentiles and they were angry because they felt that they are the keepers of the law they must earn it, they must deserve it for so Jesus saying that they were angry and they wanted to stone him it was easy for man to receive healing, he, he wasn't under any law, he wasn't conscious of anything, he just received it. He wasn't conscious of, hey, have I lived well enough? Have I read enough chapters? God will not accept me. He wasn't conscious of that. Yeah. Some of you think, hey, God is not healing me because, hey, for the past two weeks, the way I've lived, do you think God will heal me? Yeah. But the way I've lived Don't you think God is even punishing me For what has happening to me? Uh-huh. Because the way I saw that lady that there, was, there was lust uh-huh. 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 So, so you are recounting A lot of wonderful negative things you've done To say God is not healing you Because of that Shame on you The truth is that he only healed He, he healed you 2000 years ago It was already done So you are not healed because you are looking at what you have done and what you have not done. That is what hinders you. But these people, they were not qualified. But Jesus was just telling them something. Do you remember Psalm 105 verse 37? Quickly, Psalm 105 verse 37. When they came out of Egypt. The Bible says he brought them forth also with the silver and the gold. And there was not one feeble person among all their tribes. What is silver and gold? Wealth. Not one feeble person among all their tribes. What is it? Health. Three million people, not one of them was feeble. There was no grandma or grandpa on a stretcher. Three million. Grandmas were running, grandpas were running. There were no stretcher when they were coming out of Egypt. Meanwhile, these guys were slaves and they had beaten their backs for long, but there was no pain. They were all fit. <laughs> Why? At this time, they had not, they had not received the law by this time. This was three months before Mount Sinai. Wow. And you know what happened? The blood of the lamb had just been shed before they came out. So the blessing was based on the lamb, not based on what they did. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How I brought in all of this? I want you to see that, see what the Father sees. It has nothing to do with what you are doing, what you are not doing, but seeing reality. Faith sees what God sees. See it. Because you have the organ to give substance to the realm of the, the spiritual realm. Christ crucified and every sickness of yours was taken away. So act like so. Act like it. You can feel the pain. I <laughs> just laugh. <laughs> I'm whole. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't <laughs> I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see it. Ken Hagen one day woke up from bed and his face was twisted. Ken Hagen. He said he went to church. He was just waiting for the pastor pastor to pray for the sick. So after the service they they for the called for the sick. He went forward. When the, he couldn't wait for the pastor to finish praying, he said after him whatever the pastor said was not. He was just he was ready to believe and he just believe his faith was alive. So when the pastor said. We are all healed in Jesus' name. Then he screamed, Amen! I'm healed. Glory to the Father. I'm healed. I'm healed. Thank you, Jesus. I'm healed. Thank you. He was saying it aloud. So he said, but for the next one week, Ethan was there. So people even said, said they think he is getting some mental problems. <laughs> so, they will come to him. So when the pastor prayed, were you really healed? And he said, of course, I was healed. But, 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 but I can see. So you can see it. To me it's not there. Yeah. <laughs> Faith calls those things foods be not as good they are. Alleluia. Hallelujah. Alleluia. God bless you. Yeah. And in a week everything disappeared. Oh, yeah. wow. So act like it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Act like it. Don't say Hey, this is what I did negatively. Yeah. Hey, this is what I must do positively. Hey, God must look at what I have done. No. All of it, you have come under stoichion. It was Him, Jesus. Him alone. Now how about you wake up from bed and you feel sad, depressed, heavy, despair, perplexed, confused, broken hearted, irritated, despondent. Moody. You, you just feel. Emotionally, you know, you just feel. And another time you are irritated, you are quick-tempered. Another time you feel all sorts of desires that are not right. You feel lustful desires. You, you, you feel envy. Envy. Jealousy. You feel uh, a lot of feelings are all around you. You are discouraged. You are damned. Hopeless. Your life is, you feel... How many of you have felt something like that before? And you woke up and you are down. Oh Lord. For information the father doesn't say it. God doesn't it's not saying what you are going to do. Faith must see what God sees. Because on the cross, he saw that your old man was crucified with him. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with Christ, that the body of sin might be destroyed. And he that is dead is free from sin. You know the old man, all the negative feelings are in what is called the old man. The negative feelings of frustration, irritation, heaviness, discouragement, all those feelings that come to you every morning, all those negative feelings, they are in the old man. But the question is this. The, there's a paradox of Christianity. The, the, the question is this. Okay. The Bible says that my old man is crucified. It is so. The Bible says that these feelings are dead. The Bible didn't say they are dying. The Bible said they are dead. It was crucified with Christ. And the word is in the <laughs> The Aorist means once and for all. It cannot be crucified again. So those feelings you are feeling, those discouragement, those despair, those depression, the they have been crucified and they cannot be crucified because they are dead. But how come do I feel it? How am I feeling it? Now listen. <laughs> hmm. In the realm of faith, the old man is dead. But in the realm of the senses, the old man is alive. <laughs> hey. All that Jesus did in his accomplished work is in the realm of faith. All that the old man is, And the totality of the old man is in the realm of the senses. Hmm. Now. What do you do? So are you dead or alive? Because the Bible says the old man is dead. And God sees realities. He saw his son. There is nothing as real as what his son accomplished. And when his son died, the old man died. So when God sees you in Christ, the old man is dead. Yet you can feel discouraged. You can feel depressed. You can feel the envy. So what is happening? Second Corinthians five verse seven. (laughs) Second Corinthians five verse seven. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Now anytime I mention faith, now just think of how I define faith. As seen with that spiritual organ. When you were reborn in your spirit, you can see unseen realities, because you can see what the Father can see. We work by these realities, not by sight. Let me explain what it means. The Bible means by, we work by faith, not by sight. Now sight is visual, visual perception, is that not so? But the word here is not just talking about sight. It is a synecdochial expression of the whole senses of the body. Synecdoche. Where a part of the body is used to describe the entire body. Let me give an example. Psalm 40, verse 6. Psalm 40, verse 6. Now, this is a messianic verse. Look at what it says. Sacrifice and offerings thou didst not desire. My years thou hast opened, burnt offering and sin thou hast not required. This is about Jesus. Sacrifice and offering thou didst not required. My years you have opened, but look at what the apostle said in Hebrews ten verse five. The apostle is quoting this one, but look at what he said in Hebrews ten verse five. Wherefore, when he comes into the word, he said, "Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not." A body has thou prepared for me. So the psalmist said a year. But the apostle here says the body. Yeah. Because the year is used for the whole body. Because in those days, in those days when a slave is, is to be made a bond slave, a bond servant, his, his year is digged in the seventh year. So the year is a symbol that the whole body is given to serve his master. That's the idea here. So, the sign that the whole body is offered is in the year. So, now, Doki, he spoke of the year, but Paul, the apostle, so now spoke of the whole body given to God as an offering. Hallelujah. That's how the Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. Actually, he's not talking about just visual perception, he's talking about sensual perception. Sight there is used for the senses. We walk by faith, not by what we see, not by what we feel, not by what we hear. He's talking about the senses. Are you with me at all? Yeah. yeah. Sensual perception. So we work by faith, not by what we see, not by what we feel. Now, what does it mean? So you wake up in the morning. Oh, I said your word is gone. You heard something, you are down, you are discouraged. The feeling is real to the senses. Now the senses is what the Bible calls flesh or the body. Because the body sens- sensibility is expressed, is, is, is a means by which the flesh is expressed. Now, so the flesh is called the senses, or the senses are called the flesh. So now, we walk by faith, not by the senses, not by what you are feeling. So you are feeling discouraged, you are feeling depressed. But the Bible says the old man is dead. So it is not you. So the feeling you are feeling is a lie. The feeling you are feeling isn't you. It's a lie. Can you see what God sees? God says it's dead. God says it's dead. The Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. The just shall live by faith. We live by what God sees. We live by these realities. According to God, the old man is dead. So I'm feeling discouraged. It's not mine. It's not me. me. I'm feeling down. It's not me. I'm feeling fearful. It's It's not me. It's not me. It's not me, all these feelings are not me. They are not me. The mistake believers do is that when they start feeling these feelings, they think it's them. You see, according to the senses, they are alive, but we don't live by the senses. But according to the faith, your faith is dead, it's not you. And once you accept it's not you, the thing begins to die. It's not you. Now, when you start having all of these feelings, don't sign to it. Don't sign to it. Don't wake up feeling depressed, heavy, and say, like, oh ah, hey, Abba Samukrani. Oh Abraboya's and I hey, that you are signing to it like the guy who signed to the rattlesnakes. Yeah. You are affirming that it is yours. The Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Who walk not by the flesh? You can say who walk not by the senses but by the Spirit. What does it mean? In Romans 8.1, there is not therefore no condemnation. Jesus took away all our condemnation. But this is it. There is not therefore no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not by after the senses. The flesh is the senses. That means that when you have these feelings and you accept them, you come under condemnation. When you accept these feelings, you come under condemnation. Now the way, this word condemnation here, in the 1800s, a certain document was found, scroll, that was explaining this text, actually, in the Greek, that the word condemnation here has a legal connotation and a civil connotation. Now, the civil connotation of the word condemnation here actually means strengthlessness, to be without strength. Yeah, that's a civil connotation. The legal connotation of the text in Greek means is judicial, to be condemned, to be guilty, condemned. All right. But now, the moment you start having all of these feelings and you accept them, you sign them, you come under condemnation. You know what it means? You come under strengthlessness. You lose strength to overcome it. So you become, you become a captive of that emotion. You become a slave to that emotion. You lose strength to overcome it because you have endorsed it. You are saying it as yours. So you have put on the knee of the old man. Instead of putting it off, you put it on. So now, you're working envious, lustful, depressed, fearful, because you accepted these feelings as yours. So you come under strengthlessness. Then the guilt comes. Hallelujah. But brethren, we walk by faith, not by the senses. So when the feeling comes, my brother, it's not me. When the desire comes, I'm feeling it, but it's not me. I don't sign to it. I live by a higher life. I see the realm of the Spirit. On seeing realities, I see what the Father sees. As far as the Father is concerned, the old man is dead. And if the old man is dead, it is dead. It is not dying. By experience, I feel it. But by faith, it is dead. So I live by faith. It is dead. I don't sign to it. I don't agree to it. I don't accept it. I don't append my signature. If it is dead, it is I refuse to accept it. And when you refuse to accept it. And you walk in the realm of faith. Nevertheless. I live. Yet not I. But Christ lived in me. And the life. Which I now live. In the flesh. Which I now live. In the senses. The life. Which I now live. In the senses. I live by the faith. Of the Son of God. It's all by faith. By the faith. Of the Son of God. So the feelings are not mine. The desires are not mine. All these emotions are not mine. The life. I live in the sense. I live by the faith of the Son of God. I don't embrace it. I don't accept it. I don't append my signature that it is mine. I live by the faith of the Son of God. Hallelujah. Now understand this. Last week I was driving on the, the last two weeks on the motorway. I was just driving, then I saw water in front of me. So I was going to swear the water. When I got there, it was a mirage. It was, there was nothing there. It's a lie. Years, years ago, some children died in a swimming pool. Swimming pool, swimming pool. They stood on top of the swimming pool, and they saw it to be very shallow. So they dived into it, not knowing it was deep. It was a lie. Those feelings that come to you, they are all lies. It's a mirage. It's a mirage. Those feelings of uh, uh, rejection and dejection and frustration and irritation and quick temperedness and depression is a lie. All the desires from the old man is a lie. Don't append your signature on it. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. It's not you. <laughs> I'm not saying they will not be there, the senses, the senses are there. Uh-huh it has been educated by the world it's there the feelings will come but it's not you it's not you see I see what the father sees I Genesis see father sees. 22 verse 1 thank you Bishop Genesis 22 and it came to pass after this thing that God would tempt Abraham and said unto him Abraham and he said, he said behold here I, here I am Verse 2, and he said, take now thy son, thy only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest. Do you know that in the Bible, Hagar stands for the law, according to Galatians 4.22, 22. Hagar is the law, Sarah is grace. Hagar gave birth to Ishmael, and Sarah gave birth to who? Isaac. Ishmael stands for the flesh in the Bible, and Isaac is the spirit. So Hagar is law. Who gave birth to the flesh? That is uh, Ishmael. Sarah is grace. Who gave birth to the promise the spirit? Isaac. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. So say Isaac. Uh, say Ishmael is flesh. Yeah. That is in Galatians 4:21, 22. Ishmael is flesh. All right. Then Isaac is a spirit, a son of the promise. All right. Look at what God told Abraham. Take now thy son, thine only son whom thou lovest. At this time, Abraham wasn't having only one son. He was having two. Ishmael was 13 years older than Isaac. 13 years older than Isaac. So God should have said, take your second son or take your second child. Because God knew that Ishmael was first and Isaac was second. But God prophetically said, take your only son, Isaac. Why? God did not see the son that was born of the flesh. He didn't see. God did not see that which was born of the flesh. According to God, that which was born of the flesh was dead. It never existed. So he said, the only son you have is Isaac. Your only son, Isaac. You want to see as the father has seen? Your flesh is gone. Your flesh to the father is dead your flesh is crucified <laughs> to the father Isaac is not there though in experience Isaac is there <laughs> but to the father's father's mind there is no Isaac but in experience in the senses there is Isaac sorry there is no Ishmael but in the senses there is Ishmael but in God's eternal mind there is no Ishmael so he says take your only son hallelujah so i'm telling you that all the feelings that is brought forth by the flesh to God, it doesn't exist. To God, is dead. To the senses and experiences alive. But to God, we walk in a realm of faith. The old man is dead. So all the things you hear, all the feelings, they are not you. Hallelujah. We don't live in that realm. We live by faith. We live in faith. We walk by faith. We talk faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Hallelujah. It's not what I feel. It's not what I feel. It's not by my sensibilities or by emotions. It's what God's word has spoken. I wake up depressed, it's not me. <laughs> I wake up afraid, it's not me. <laughs> Irritated, it's not me. And if you begin to live in this realm, back. that's why I told you that in the first realm is the realm of obedience. That's the realm of obedience. Because that is based on what Jesus has done. In a physical, it's not there. As if God called Abraham, Abraham, the father of many nations. In a natural, there was not one to show. But God said, father of many nations. To God, he had many nations. But to the senses, there was not one to show. So when he changed his name to Abraham, when he meet anyone, he said, I'm father of many nations. Then Sarah will call her husband, Father of many nations, because that's Abraham. Father. So all their neighbors will start saying, Ah, this old man. Oh, the thing is now getting into their mind. Like they've waited, now the thing is affecting their sense of reason. Look at what they are even doing. I'm sure they were mockers, but they were walking in a realm of faith. Hallelujah. God saw them having children and nations, but in a physical, there was none. Thank you very much. Listen. You think you don't have money? What a lie. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That though he was rich for your sake, he became poor. That he, through his poverty might become rich. The Father doesn't see you as poor. He, no, he, he does not see you as poor. How can the seed of Abraham be poor? How can the son of Abraham be poor? How can the child, the daughter of Abraham be poor? For the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham and to his seed through the law, through earning, through deserving, but through the righteousness of faith. Hallelujah. The world is ours. The advantages in the world are ours. The goodies in the world are ours. Health and wealth are all ours. Hallelujah. We are the seed of Abraham. Joined us with Christ. Glory to God. Say, I see what God sees. You wake up tomorrow morning. You have headache. Just start laughing. imagine walking in this revelation. One day I woke up and had a back pain, sharp one. You know what? I was swimming in Revelation I started laughing. I loved that. I didn't even I didn't pray. I laughed that uh, I loved that uh, I loved that uh, I walked away. I don't remember when it left and when it I I, I don't know because I, I knew that that thing is in the wrong place, it's not me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So God has not seen those pains. God has not seen those emotions. For God is dead because he was a witness of Calvary. He sees religious and we see what God sees. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now the third thing God does not see, your condemnation, your guilt. In fact, God doesn't even see your son. What is this man of God? Alright, Numbers twenty-three, verse twenty-one what does God see? God doesn't see your son. I'm not making it up. Let me show you in the Bible. This is when Balaam, now Balaam was a wizard. You know, originally I wanted to, I wanted to talk about legalities part two. That was what I came to preach. But the Lord had a vision. God changed it. (laughs) Hallelujah. God changed it. Balaam. I was going to talk about Balaam. Yeah. When the Bible says he was a prophet. In those days, everyone who could see into the spirit realm was called a prophet. Even witches and wizards. It was just a title. But it doesn't mean he was a prophet of God. The Bible says he was a sorcerer. Have you seen that before? The Bible said he was a sorcerer. Yeah. He was a diviner. All right, but God used him anyway. But it doesn't mean he was a prophet from God. No, no. And you know the story. He was hired to curse Israel. Ma 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 ma. Now, let me show you something in Micah six verse five. Before I come, we'll come back to this one. Micah six verse five. All of what happened. Look at what the Bible says. Oh, my people, remember. Now, what Balak Remember now, what Balak See, I remember, see, I remember remember. What Balak, the king of Moab Consulted And what Balaam, the son of Beor, answered him From Shetham to Gilgal That ye may know the righteousness of the Lord So all that sin was the revelation of God's righteousness All of that sin right, let's go back to Numbers all of that thing was a righteous, God's righteousness. Righteousness? The kaiosune. The Greek is covenant justice. God's covenant justice. Ma, 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 Now look at it. He has not beheld iniquity in Jacob. Neither has he seen perverseness in Israel. The Lord his God is with him. And the shout of a king is among them. Years ago the when I read this, I said, ah, is, this, is this? I know God cannot lie. I know the Bible cannot lie, but this is difficult to understand. Because actually, when you go among the Israelites, a lot of sons were among them. The first thing you hear is murmuring. The second thing you hear is complaining. The third thing you hear is someone is slapping someone. And someone, yeah, this way. And someone is lying and someone. There was some in the camp. About four times God wanted to destroy all of Israel. But how come He said, God has not seen your son? He has not seen that they they are even perverse. He has not even seen their iniquity. It's not that they have not sinned, but God has not seen it. Do you know why? Let me give you an answer. It was because of the burnt offering, it was because of the yearly atonement. Now, when the burnt offering When the bent offering rises to God, the bent offering speaks of the perfection and the excellency of Christ. And God smells the sweet smelling savour. It rises to God and it covers all the people of God. The bent offering was Christ, you see Christ was crucified from the foundations of the world. So those animals were types. God remembers the sacrifice of his son and he smells it and the fragrance and the sacrifice covers them so he doesn't see. Or better still, let me see it from another direction Every year of atonement They go and they sprinkle the blood On the mercy seat, praise God When Now, on the day of atonement When the high priest puts his hands on the animal All the sons of Israel comes on the animal And the animal is killed And the blood is sprinkled on the mercy seat So to God, their sons have been punished God doesn't see their sons What he sees is the blood That covers them, so they are free Israel's problem, do you know why many times God was angry with them israel's greatest challenge was adultery and that's what god spoke against the most because when they entered into idolatry they refused the yearly atonement and when they refused the yearly atonement god turns and is angry at them and god kills them but whenever there's atonement god never saw their sons then there is fever victory over their enemies bumper harvest but whenever the devil smart, they get into adultery there was no sacrifice of blood again there was no yearly atonement again. So now, God's wrath comes against them and they are killed. So, that is why the greatest sin in Israel was idolatry, Because when they exchanged God, then there is no sacrifice. There is no yearly atonement. That is when the curse comes upon them. Praise God. But whenever the atonement is offered, God never saw their sins. He saw the blood. That is why He says, look, He has no sin. Iniquity in Israel. He has not beheld perverseness in Jacob. Question If by the blood of bulls and of goats, Sprinkling the unclean, sanctified unto the purifying of the flesh. If by the, Barande, if by the blood of booze and of goats, God could behold no iniquity and no perverseness, how much more shall the blood of Jesus Christ, the eternal blood, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without support unto God, paid our consciences from dead works to save the living God? If by the blood of bulls and goats, God didn't see and behold perverseness and iniquity, how much more that eternal blood? talk to me, how much more that eternal blood? the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood, that is timeless, that blood, the royal blood, the divine blood, his blood, the blood of God, that blood, it's it 's a eccassis, it's everlastingness. How much more that blood, how much more that blood, how much more? God does not see your sin. Now, in the tabernacle of Moses, when you see the tabernacle of Moses. The tabernacle. There's something about the tabernacle. How many of you have seen the picture of the tabernacle before? That you see 48 wooden boards. All the boards around the tabernacle was 48 boards. Wood is humanity in the Bible. Hum- humanity. That's wood. So all the 48 boards are joined together. But That is what God told Moses. Overlay all the wood with gold. So all the wood was overlaid with gold. You know gold? graciousness righteousness. Deity, Christ, his righteousness. So although the wood is humanity, all the wood was covered with righteousness. So when God sees the boat, he doesn't see the wood. What he sees is the gold. When God sees you, he doesn't see you in your fault. He doesn't see you in your sins. He doesn't see you in your weakness. He sees you in Christ. Christ is your righteousness. Christ is your perfection. Christ is your sanctification. He sees you in Christ. No wonder in the Bible, exactly 48 times, the Bible says, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. Why? There are 48 boats overlaid with gold. We are in Christ. No wonder there were 48 refuge cities. The man's slave will run to the city and he's safe. Christ is our refuge. We are safe in him. And having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things to himself by him I say whether there be things in heaven or on earth and ye who were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works has he now reconciled in the body of his flesh to present you holy, unblameable without rebuke in his sight now, before the Lord you stand holy you know how the father says you? holy, unblameable unrebuked in his sight Past, present, and future. That's how He sees you. Hallelujah. That's the efficacy of the blood. Listen, every, every year, they, they go and offer for the atonement once a year. God, says it, God said it wasn't perfect. God said there's something wrong with it. Look at Hebrews 10 verse 1 and 2. For the law having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never, can never, can never, with those sacrifices which they offered year by year, continually, make the comments day unto perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered. For the worshippers once page should have no, had no more conscience or consciousness of sins. But in those sacrifices, there is a remembrance again and what is an, an, an ananesis remembrance again of sins every year you know what it means an ananesis means the memory of sons the Bible says that that sacrifice wasn't, wasn't perfect you know why because there is always a memory of sons since the previous atonement let me explain. Every day of atonement was on the tenth of October in Israel. So on the tenth of October, let's say two thousand and twenty-two, that was last year, when the high priest enters the holies of holies, two thousand and twenty-two, he offered for the sins of Israel from the previous atonement, that is two thousand and twenty-one to two thousand and twenty-two. For all those one year, they are free. God doesn't see their sins. Praise God. But by the time it comes to October twenty twenty-three, they have to go back and offer. The Bible says anytime they go, they have to remember their sons again since the previous atonement. And that memory of sons since the previous atonement was not perfect, and God didn't like it. So they have to remember every year that they had sinned. Christians now remember every day that they have sinned. Even the blood of boots and goats, God says it was yearly, and God says it wasn't perfect. It couldn't make the worshippers perfect. You know why you cannot worship God? conscious of their sins. Death on your conscience. It couldn't make them perfect. Look at God's method. Back to verse 2. For the worshippers. Quickly, verse 2. For, for them we do not have sins to be offered. For, because the worshippers once paid. Now, the word once is the Greek word hapax. Now, this word is very important. H-A-P-A-X. HAPAX. HAPAX. Wow, HAPAX. Now, the word HAPAX means that something is so final, it cannot be final again. The thing is finally final and completely complete. There can be no changes, there can be no modifications, there can be no alterations. It is the word that is used in Jude 1. The faith which was once delivered unto us. That faith, you cannot add in, anything to it. The word is Hapax. Once. But the word Hapax in the Greek is a cardinal number which is used as an adverb. Now, what is a cardinal number in the Greek? It's a cardinal number used as an adverb. In the Greek, a cardinal number actually speaks of quantity. Now, this is what it means. Hapax actually means. Cardinal number in Greek actually means You are paying something at a single time But you are paying it You are paying something But you are paying it numerically And conclusively, all in one Numerically and conclusively, all in one Now, how many of you pay light bill every month? Okay, you see, every month There is made a remembrance of your debt <laughs> Every two weeks, there is made. A, sometimes, if I see these electricity guys just even knocking my door, there's something like your heart even smoky Not that you cannot pay, but sometimes, you know. So, whenever you see them, there's a remembrance of your debt. <laughs> but now, so you, you pay every month. Now, assuming I, I come to you and I pay all your electricity bill for the next hundred years. So, I pay once and put the money down. You know what I have done? It is called hapax. That's cardinal number. All that you have to pay, have paid all at a goal, numerically and conclusively in one payment. So there's not, nothing to pay again, because everything has been paid. This is the word Hebrews used. For the worshippers, once perched, your sons have been perched in hapax, once and for all, numerically, conclusively, in one. All your sons were forgiven past, present, and future, once for all, by the blood of Jesus Christ. If it was not dealt with, Christ could not have sat, because the high priest couldn't sit. There were no chairs in the temple, because whilst he's offering for your sins, he has to wait, because after three hours, someone else will come and will sin, and he has to offer. After two hours, another person will sin, and he has to offer. They couldn't sit down. You see, they had to offer oftentimes the same sacrifices that could not take away sins. But this man, after he had offered up one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down, henceforth expecting, till his enemies be made his footstool. Jesus paid in her packs, once and for all, past, present, future, your sins have been forgiven, whether you like it or not. If you have believed in Jesus Christ. (laughs) That is what the Father is saying. For the worshippers, once page. some versions says purified, and the word page is in the perfect tense. Ma 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 ma. Hey, it's perfect. <laughs> Present is is in the perfect tense. Perfect tense. Perfect tense in the passive voice. Perfect tense. No, no perfect tense. Perfect tense means permanent result, once and for all. It cannot be done twice. It is done once and for all with permanent results. That's perfect tense. Imperfect tense means you have to do it again and again and again and again but the Greek is in the perfect tense. Permanent result once and for all. My brother, my sister, you have been purified once and for all. Once and for all. Can you see what the Father is saying? Okay. Listen. Ora Hamando say. Have you not read that the Bible says that there is therefore now marubak no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. First Corinthians, Romans eight one. There is not therefore, there is therefore now no. Can you? I'm waiting for you. All right. Say no. Now, the word no is the word oudis. And it's different from the word no that has been used in other places. And oudis is compounded with two words, oo and Heis. So in the Greek, U and Heis forms oudis. Now, oo ou actually means no. So the Bible could have just, Paul could have just used no. Because no or not is oo. But he didn't use oo, he used oudis. So this U plus O-U plus H-E-I-S makes Udis. And heis is the word for one. Heis in the Greek is one. So U is no and heis is one. Together they form Udis. Praise God. So you know how to read it in Greek? There is now therefore not one condemnation. There is now therefore not one condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Look, not even one condemnation is against you. Not even one. Why? On the cross, the Father, every condemnation that you deserved, past, present, and future, from when you were born to when you see Jesus, all your sins, all your guilt, all your condemnation were put on Jesus. He bore all of them. This God cannot put on you what he put on Jesus. If God puts on you what he put on Jesus, it means he wasn't satisfied with Jesus taking your place. He wasn't satisfied and he wasn't totally propitiated. If God puts on you what he put on Jesus, that is the law of double jeopardy. If God puts on on you, what he put on Jesus, that is a just sh- Justice will be a sham, it will be a travesty, it will be a charade. But God is just, He is inflexibly just. What He punished His Son for, He cannot punish you for it because God must be just and justifier of Him who believeth in Jesus. What a God! I want you to walk out of this place free, worshiping Him in spirit and in truth. My my By the way, let, let me show you what Jesus went through for you, quickly. Now, Matthew chapter 27. Let's read verse 27. Say, my shame is dead. My guilt is dead. Now look at what happened to Jesus. The soldiers, then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the common hall and gathered unto him the whole band of soldiers. Some version says the whole garrison of soldiers. Hmm. They strip him and put on him a scarlet rope. Now, people, so when we read it, we, we don't normally get the picture. Do you know what is called the, the band of soldiers or the garrison of soldiers? The word band is the word spira. Now, among the Romans, spira is a military... Hmm. Hey. It... Hmm. Soldiers, that numbers up to 1,000. That word is spira. Sometimes the least a spira can be in number is 600. And that's the word band. Go back to 27. That's the word band. The, the word is spira. So in the Greek, spira for the Romans. A military cohort of 1,000 men. Hallelujah. And, and look at what happened. Then the soldiers of the governor, so this is political. That's what they did. Gathered unto him the whole, they guarded the whole band of the spiral. The, the next verse. And they stripped him. Do you know what it means? Now, this was when Jesus had already been sketched. You know what the sketch? According to Ezebius, the historian. The, you know what the sketching can do? It's, it's 12 in 1, actually. Bones and metals and glass. If what the passion of the Christ, that's not even up to. Eusebius tells us that historians, after the scourging, no, no one is scourged and crucified. You can't bear the tooth. It's only Jesus who, you can't bear the tooth. The scourging will kill you. So after the scourging, Eusebius says your intestines are even seen. He says your veins, your arteries are even seen. You lose blood. So can you imagine Jesus scourged? It wasn't 39 lashes. That is the Jewish lashes. It was under the Romans. It's countless. And they put his garment on him. So by the time they had come to the common common hall, it had dried. Then they stripped so you see the thing is dried. So they just had to pull it from his skin. So you can imagine the pain. And the word stripped speaks of nakedness. They stripped him naked before all the thousand soldiers and all the governors, the son of God. Jesus, God made flesh, the very God Himself, the incarnate God who took on flesh, was naked before them. When He was stripped naked, Yosem died. When He was stripped naked, Yosem died. Have you seen the picture of Jesus naked and they were mocking Him? Adam was naked when He saw He son. He was taking the shame of son. You don't have to be ashamed again. Lord, Lord, Lord. And they put on him the skeleton robe. The next verse. And when they had plated a crown of thorns, they put it on his head. And they read him in his hand. And they bowed the knee unto him, before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. The next verse. And they speak upon him. You know what happened? Let me tell you something. You know how many people spit on him? A thousand men. Spit. So Jesus is here. Let me show you how it was done. And all the thousand soldiers, they come one by one. <coughs> In the next personal part, they all. Thousand men. So all of the face of the Savior was covered with spit. This was the face. You know his face. He's the fairest among ten thousand in the book of Song of Songs. You, you know his face. <laughs> he's the brightest amid the brides. He's altogether lovely. That head, oh, which is most fine gold, his preciousness, he's the son of righteousness. This part on that face. He took away your shame. That's why you don't have to apologize. You don't have to be ashamed. When, for what is says, good for us, you don't have to ap- apologize when you say, by his stripes I am healed. You don't have to s- apologize when you say, your sins are forgiven. You don't have to apologize when you say, Christ is your righteousness. If you only see what he went through. By the way, you know, the spitting was twice. Now, at this time, he spit on him, all the thousand men. But a chapter before, they also spat on him. Now let's go to chapter 26. 26. 67 and they spit in his face. Now the previous pe- people, it was that was political spitting, but this is religious spitting. Those guys were the political people who were spitting. It was it was and the governors but this one is the Sanhedrin now if you go back you see that it was a Sanhedrin Sanhedrin was made up of 71 members it was a 71 member body it was the official supreme court of Israel headed by the chief priest so the 71 members now of the Sanhedrin walked before him beginning with the high priest and they <laughs> they gave it to him they spat on him that's the savior and they you know Baffetian Baffetian is did, they spit and they give him a blow. One by one, they would just give him blows. And they spot him with the palms of their hands. English says palms. The Greek says rod, 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 rod. They hit his face with rod, rod, rod. you read in Isaiah 52 verse 14, 13, 14, that his face was marred, disfigured, more than any human being who has ever walked the earth. His face. Look at Verse 14. Yeah. His visage, his countenance, his appearance, it was marred. He was freed, so that you could have the robe of righteousness. Your shame is gone. You can worship him forever. Jesus Christ is your righteousness. Hallelujah. Thank you, man of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus say I'm blessed Blessed. let me take my final verse hallelujah Hallelujah. (laughs) that is why when evil thought comes into your head you shouldn't be guilty for it if you are here and maybe you are standing somewhere in the market and someone just passes before you and the person is using profane words will you be guilty for it will you hold on to it no. And it's similar. When the devil brings evil thoughts, it's not you. Don't be guilty. Don't be condemned. Don't hold on to it. It, it, it came. It will pass and go. It's not yours. <laughs> don't sign to it. Don't sign to it. That is how to live as spirit beings in this earthly body. That's how to live. We live by faith. Second Corinthians 5, Verse 17. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. How many things? All things are passed away. That bitterness is gone. That depression is gone. That fear is gone. That irritation is gone. that That sickness is gone. Everything in the old Adam is passed away. You say it's a lie. You say it's a lie? Oh, don't you have the spiritual sense to give substance to what God sees? If God says it has passed away, truly it has passed away. According to the senses, it is not, it is here. But according to God, it is passed away. All things. Every old thing in Adam is passed away. The toothache is passed. The headache is passed. The depression is passed. The bottomness is passed. The despair is passed. The envy is passed. All things are passed away. You see where we live. Now the word passed. In the Greek, is the aorist indicative active. It is used in the aorist indicative active tense. Now, it, it, the word aorist, the aor, aorist tense in the Greek is like past tense in English. It means something is accomplished in the past, once and for all, it cannot be repeated. So it has been passed away, once and for all. Indicative means it's a, it's a statement of fact. It's a proven fact. And it's in an active voice. God has actively passed it away. Can you see what God says is passed away? Can you see it? God says it's passed away. That pain in your hand is passed away. Can you see? Can you see? It? It's passed away. Why are you disturbed? Why are you living in the senses? It's passed away. It's gone, my mama. Say it's passed away. It's passed away. And he says, "Behold, behold." Now, we are too fast to read this verse. He says, "Behold, behold." Say, "Behold." Behold. Now the word "behold" means see. See. Do you see it? Do you see what has passed away, and do you see what you have become? Behold, behold. Be- do you see? Listen. The moment Adam sinned, he became the old man. When Adam sinned, he saw that he was naked. The moment he, Adam sinned, he saw that he was naked. And the Bible says, when he saw that he was naked, the Bible says he was afraid. He told God, I was afraid because I was naked. Therefore, I hid myself. So, being naked gave two things. I was afraid. Why? Because I was naked. In Genesis 3, I was afraid because I was naked. So, when he saw that he was naked, fear came. Then he hid himself. He saw. Now Adam was the neutral man. When his son fell, he became the old man. He saw. Now in Christ we have become the new man. He said, see. What do you see? What do you see? Adam saw what he had become. And the result was fear and hiding. Now, when you see what you have become in Christ, instead of fear, it is faith. Instead of hiding from God, it is boldness toward God. Boldness toward God. Friendship with God. Intimacy with God. is boldness. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things has once and for all passed away. It cannot pass again. Behold, brethren, brethren, the word behold, in the Greek, you know what it means? Do you want to know the meaning of behold in the Greek? Is the word for wow. Wow. Now, the word behold, in the Greek, in the Greek, it carries a lot of emotion. It's not just saying wow, No. It is a word that carries emotion. Now, in the Greek, the word actually means wonder. To wonder. Now, it means to be in shock. To be in amazement and bewilderment. So, you are in wonder. You are in shock. In in bewilderment, you are amazed. The word is wow. Carrying a lot of emotion. So, this is it. He's a new creation. Behold. That means wow, wow! Like have you ever experienced something? You are in shock. You want to collapse. Wow, wow, wow! <laughs> now it, it's too, wow! Like there are no words to describe it. Wow! You are shocked. It's a wonder. It's a shock. Bewilderment. Wow! He said, that is how you should behold who you have become. That is how. Because if you truly see who you have become in Christ. Is that me? Is that me? Wow. Many have not beheld this. They think Christianity is to turn a new leaf. But it have not beheld the new creation. And how do you behold it in the scriptures? They don't beheld it. It's not beheld it. You know what James said? Quickly, James 1:22. Be worst of the word and not hearers only, deceive your own selves quickly. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. Uh-huh. He, for he beholded himself and goeth his way and straightway, forgetting the man of man he was. Now, he's like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. You have a mirror. He's not talking about your physical face. No. The word natural face in the Greek, literally, he's a man, like unto a man beholding the face of his birth. The, the face of his birth, that's the Greek. The face of his birth. What birth? Your spiritual birth. The face of his death. If you behold who you are in Christ, that's when you can live for Christ. Because he's saying that the one who cannot live for Christ doesn't know. He looks at himself and forget the man of man he was. But if you can see who you are, I'm telling you, you please God. You will live to please him. That's when you walk in glory, you walk in holiness, you walk if you can see who you are. But now look at this. Beholding his natural face in a glass. Now, where the word glass, you know, some of our homes we have huge mirrors. We can like hotels. We can stand in and see your whole body. That's not the word for glass here. The word for glass here, mirror here, is the word for the mirror women use in their handbags. Very small, so you cannot see your body at a go. You have to keep. Is that not so? Is there anyone here with a mirror in her bag? Where are you, mirror? Oh, mirror, hear ye the word of the Lord. Yeah Alright So that small mirror You see That means that you don't see once You keep looking uh, You keep looking Who you are But the word is wow now, that, That's a spirit of wisdom and revelation Wow This is what I've become I'm telling you If you really know what Jesus has done And what he has made you you, you can't stay in your room. When the revelation dawns on you, you don't know whether you should somersault or salt, or you should scream, or you should lie on the floor, or you should remove your shoe. How can this be true? You just worship. You are beholding. You are shocked. But there's something important here. Let's go back to the verse. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. All things are passed away. Then he said, Behold, all things have become new. Now, the way behold, there's something in this way behold. It is in the second person imperative. Second person singular imperative middle voice. In a Greek. You want to remember? Second person singular imperative. In the middle voice It's a long one. Let me explain what it means Second person imperative. Imperative means it's a command So what, when he says behold, he's not saying, it's a, he's suggestion, suggesting to you, you can behold No, it's a, imperative means it's a command He is commanding you to behold what you have become wow. It's a command Then it's in the second person, singular You is second person I can say you, referring to the whole church but that's the second person plural. But a second person singular is you, the individual. So it's a command to every individual in this room. To behold. It's not to behold. Then it's in the middle voice. You see, in English we have active voice and passive voice. English doesn't have middle, middle voice. <laughs> the Greek has a middle voice, but English doesn't have it. Now, English has active voice and middle voice. It doesn't have, sorry. English has active voice and passive voice. It doesn't have middle voice. But the Greek has middle voice. But middle middle voice is active voice plus passive voice. Now let me explain active voice. If I say that the boy kicked the ball. The boy kicked the ball. Or bishop kicked the ball. That's active, active voice. Because bishop is the performer of the action. He kicked the ball. He's the causation. He did it. Active voice. Hallelujah. Bishop kicked the ball. But when I say, the ball was kicked to Bishop. The ball was kicked to Bishop. It's passive voice. Bishop is not a doer. He's the recipient. He's the beneficiary. He's the receiver. He didn't do it. It's passive. Hallelujah. Yeah. Now, middle voice, is passive voice, Plus, you are learning some English and Greek, right? <laughs> Middle voice is active voice plus passive voice. That means you yourself, you are the causer, yet you are the beneficiary of what you caused. And that's the word, behold. So behold, all things have become new. You know what it means? If you actively behold, now let me take it from the negative and come to the positive. He's saying that, Until you behold it, you not enjoy the benefits of working in a new creation. Until you behold, how authors have become new, you not enjoy the benefits of it. So you are a new creation, yet you don't live in the benefits and enjoyment of the new creation. So you, middle voice means you must actively behold because once you behold, you become the beneficiary of the beholding. You now benefit and become a recipient of all that the new creation is. Hallelujah! You enjoy it. Wow. So all things have become new. All things have become new. All things have become new. All things are new. So as you behold, you, you live in it. You enjoy it. You walk in the glory of it. Now all things have become new. It's not in the realm of the senses. It's in the realm of faith. Because faith sees what God sees. That's why you have to behold. So you see, all things are new. Health is here. Glory is here. All things are new. All the old man is there. The old emotion is gone. It's a new realm. But can you see it? Faith sees it. Hallelujah. As you see it, you see it. Listen, the, your, what you have to do you should, don't strive and try living for God no, just go inside and start beholding and you automatically start enjoying the benefit of Him You begin to walk and enjoy the benefits of the new creation. You know what will happen? You will be sickness free, pain free, worry free, disaster free, depression free, trouble free. They come, but you don't see it. You walk through the fire, it doesn't burn you. You are in a new realm. You live in the realm of God. You walk in the realm of God. Hallelujah. So I live in faith. I walk by faith. I, I want you to just picture the things that have been troubling you, even this morning when you woke up, and the things that have conf- confronted you. Ma, 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 ma and from today you begin begin to live in the heavenly realm. See the new man you are. The new creation you are. The righteousness of God. Don't see yourself in your sins. Your condemnation is dead. Your guilt is dead. Your sins have been forgiven. Past, present, future. Your sickness is gone. Your pain is gone. God sees you perfect in Christ. Walk in God. Walk in the realm. Don't walk by the law. The weak and the beggarly element. Don't try to earn it. Don't try to deserve it. Don't try to merit it. It is yours. It is yours freely. Don't try to say I am praying that I will be blessed. I am evangelizing that I will be blessed. We don't earn it. It's only given to us. We serve because we are already blessed. We serve because we are already blessed. God has promised us a reward and he will do it. But we don't do it to earn. We are new men in Christ. You are the new man left Shambhakamana Ible Shebralai Shabalai Maybe you have some sickness in your body. Shake it off. <laughs> Shake it off. See as God sees. See as God sees. Rabashande. Yabala Shanda. Ama sonde Yelebe Shanda. Emala Shanda. Listen, I just want you to just glorify Jesus for what he did for you. Oh, the testimony of God, the testimony of God. What God saw is what you must see. (laughs) Come on, what God saw is what you must see. Can you see him? Can you see him? Hola. Oh. Can you see Jesus? What he took for you? The cross is the meeting of the ages. Mama. Remember, being the spirit, being the spirit, every disease is gone. Sorrow is gone. Sing, oh Baron! Sing, oh Baron! Sing, oh Sing, oh Barry Sing, oh Barry, Sing, oh, Barry. Sing, oh, Barry. Sing, oh, Barry.